Hello everyone out there. This is Patience and Jones. Back to you for another episode of Book of Boredom where we try to read this silly book called The Book of Mormon and try to make sense of it. I don't think there's any sense there to be made of it, but we try to make sense of it and we also try to shit on it as much as possible. It's not particularly hard, especially with these two chapters. There's plenty of fodder for shitting on. (laughs) So there's going to be a lot of shitting. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, with these two chapters, there's no sustenance. So I don't know what else we can do, but other than just shit on this, because it's, oh God, I hate these chapters. They're so dumb. It's all inert fiber. You just eat it in and then it just gets <laughs> shit out. It's all bulk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No nutritional value whatsoever. <laughs> How's your week been? Boring as hell. Oh dear. Being a stay-at-home dad is not the most exciting gig in the world, that's for sure. No. Are there any good parts about it? Yeah, I get a lot of time to play video games and nice. Now all my kids are in school. I get quiet time to myself and what sort of games do you like playing? Right now I'm doing the Hitman trilogy. I'm also playing Gears of War five and whatever the latest Halo is. Um, <laughs> I generally like RPGs and stuff, but but there's not any real good RPGs out that I'm really into. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you know, are you familiar with Cyberpunk 2077? I was familiar with that. I haven't played games in a couple of years now, maybe 18 months. Back when I was playing, I was quite looking forward to it. Because I love games that you can customize everything about your character. It came out and it was a complete just god-awful mess. Like, they promised the moon and the sun and the stars, and then they delivered a half-completed shit-fest of a game. That's so disappointing. Yeah, I was really annoyed. I had pre-ordered the game, and I was like, all right. And then it came out, and I was like, god <laughs> I spent 60 bucks on this piece of shit. Oh, no. They apparently just today released a huge overhaul for it. Oh. It's actually now supposed to be good. You might go back to that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, though. Well, I'm going to keep tabs on this and ask you how it goes next time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll have to re-download it because I erased it to make room for Halo and Forza 5. Oh, that'll happen. I generally play pretty much any kind of game except for strategy games. I hate those. Yeah, they're kind of boring, right? Well, no, they're stressful because there's too much shit to keep track of. And I'm like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, Red Alert was all the rage. Do you remember those like top-down isometric sort of things? Uh-huh. I never got into it, but some of my friends would. My friends and I, we would set up LAN parties. and. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. Lots of fun. We would play games and just screw around. and <laughs> We were complete fucking nerds, what can I say? I remember at a LAN party when I must have been like maybe 14 or something. That was the first time that I discovered what an MP3 was. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you must be quite a bit younger than me. I didn't get into MP3s until I was at least a couple years into college. I had a mini disc player. Oh, mini disc. That's cool. I thought I was so badass because I had a mini disc player. Mini discs were really cool for like two years at exactly the right time. And then. <laughs> That's when iPod came out. The first iPod, you could just slap all the songs on there. But yeah. Uh, well. A few things happened this week that I wanted to ask you about. Worldwide, it was Valentine's Day. And apparently you asked your wife to marry you the day before Valentine's Day because you didn't want to be a clone. So bravo on that. I moved up to Utah in May in 2002 to work at the Summer Opera Festival in Logan, Utah. 
An opera festival? Yeah. I was the head audiovisual guy. I set up all the speakers. I set up the backstage TV monitors, the in-pit TV monitors, made the sound effects and all that stuff. So I moved up there and I met this really cute Mormon girl. (laughs) My dad had been telling me my entire life what I needed was a good Mormon girl. I needed to find a good Mormon girl that would make my life all better. When I moved up to Utah, I had just gotten dumped by my longtime girlfriend. Actually, she dumped me on Valentine's Day in 2002. Wow. Yeah, being autistic, I was not ready. Everything was changing, and then I was graduating. I actually got kicked out of the house that I was living at the night before graduation from college. Why did you get kicked out, Jones? What did you do? I left the back door open and my 40-year-old pot-dealing high school teacher's ferrets <laughs> ran out in the backyard. Oh my God, that's quite a story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was fucked up. I have another story about ferrets that I can tell you later. But Yeah, so anyways, in college... I lived in five different places in the four years that I was going to college, and I got kicked out of four of them because I was weird, because I was chaotic, because I was unpredictable. (laughs) So this was the last guy who kicked me out. He took all of my stuff, put it out on the driveway, changed the locks. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I had actually been out with my mom and my dad and my baby sister celebrating. My dad drops me off at the end of the block and I walk to my house and oh shit uh, I can't get in the house and all my shit's on the driveway and I'm like what the fuck and of course this is 2002 I didn't have a cell phone so I had to walk uh. a mile in Phoenix Phoenix is like hot as fuck it was nighttime, but it was still May. So it was 93 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. I had to walk to the nearest gas station. I had to call my mom, collect, because she did have a cell phone at that time. Say, hey, guess what? I just got kicked out. Wow. <laughs> my shit's- wow. Yep. So basically, my life was a big fucking mess when I moved up to Utah. Within my first week of working at the Utah Festival Opera Company, I met this really cute redheaded Mormon girl. Oh, she was cute. She I do like those redheads. Yeah, I was a big fan. I was like, yeah, she was flirting with me, but I was like, you know what? I probably need to stop drinking and smoking if I want to actually get with this girl. And so I started going to church with her. And then a couple weeks later, she dumped me. Aww. <laughs> so she dumps me. I've stopped drinking. I've stopped smoking. I'm stuck in Utah for the rest of the summer. And I'm like, fuck this shit. I hate it. So I started drinking and smoking again. Got to get over it somehow. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So I was really, 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 really messed up at that time. There were a couple jobs that were going to supposedly pan out for me at the end of the summer. So I was like, okay, well, I just have to make it and then I'll get the fuck out of here. Lighting and sound gigs? Yes, lighting and sound gigs. I think one was in scenery construction. And then, so they all dried up. And I did want to move back down to Phoenix because my ex-girlfriend was there and I was all verklempt about her. So I decided I was going to stay in Utah. Verklempt. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good word. I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> uh, uh, if I recall, verklempt is from a SNL skit with uh, Michael Myers. Oh. As you know, Austin Powers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know the one. Not the horror movie guy. Not the guy with the mask and the... <laughs> Anyways, I'm stuck in Utah, so I was working there. And then the fall, one of my 
coworkers because I was working at a theater there just as a stage technician. And he's like, hey, dude, I'm making some extra money working at a haunted forest uh, up in the hills. A haunted forest. Wow. It was Halloween and it was an outdoor haunted house. Like a free range haunted house. <laughs> well, no, not quite. There was a path and everything like that. So A little more Red Riding Hood than Yeah, kind of, sort of. But um, <laughs> So go up there, meet this girl. She was helping the guy running the company. I thought she was really cute. <laughs> and damn it, wouldn't you know it? She was Mormon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right. But, you know, I wasn't going to jump into it. Uh, you'd been hurt too many times. Basically. You know, I hung out and flirted with her for a week and then decided to ask her out. She said, I'm going to be leaving on my mission soon. So, yeah, I guess. So she was going to be leaving on a mission. Yeah. By this time, I was 24. I had never really had a desire to go on a mission. Of course not. Why would you want to fuck your life up like that? Anyways, we started dating and we just really hit it off. And she decided after we'd been dating for about a month and a half that maybe she didn't want to go on a mission. Maybe she wanted to hang out with me. And of course, by this time, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to doing the Mormon thing. So I quit smoking. I quit drinking. We started dating in October. By two and a half months, we were talking about marriage. Because you're Mormons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't get married until you have a ring. Oh. And I was like, oh shit, I have no money. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> and my interfering mother decided the best thing for me to do was she was going to give me one of her rings and then I could use that to propose to my girlfriend. Oh. Meddling, meddling. She's meddling. That's that's the word. So I get this ring two days before Valentine's. And my mom's like, you should propose on Valentine's. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. So I did it the day before. <laughs> that's the way. And the rest is a wonderful family. I love my family. It's a great family. Boy, it's a long, convoluted tale. That's how we got from there to here. A good story there, Jack. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and did your wife end up having red hair as well? My wife is a brunette. Our brunette's good too. I'm a fan. Did she hear that last episode of ours? Oh yeah, she laughed her ass off. She... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's been married to me for almost 19 years and has been hearing me swear for most of those 19 years. I did try for maybe the first four or five months to keep it restrained, but I didn't last very long. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> you had the Super Bowl this week or something. As far as I'm concerned, the Super Bowl is just for the interesting commercials. Right. I've heard that. It's football, isn't it? Yeah, American football, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's how much I know about it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's American football where the only time you touch the ball with your foot is when you're kicking a field goal or kicking the ball to the other end of the field so they can catch it and run it back. It's dumb. But they smash really hard, right? Because they got all this padding on and then they just smash really hard. That's all I know about it. Well, they're a bunch of pussies. I've got tons of padding. They're a hell of a lot more rough in rugby from what I've seen, and they don't got any padding. No. So It's all scary to me. But then, of course, I look at players <laughs> in regular football. If somebody comes within three feet of them, they throw themselves on the field. They're like, ah, I'm dying. Oh, like in soccer. Soccer, football, yeah, yeah. I think sports are stupid. I was never able to do sports. My parents did try to get me to do soccer, and I sucked at it. And that was it. I was like, no. I'm uncoordinated. I have no depth perception. I have no sense of balance. So I just never got into any of that shit. Yeah. I was never good at sport. I did a lot of swimming and I was a good swimmer, but I wasn't a fast swimmer. So they don't want you. It's like, what's the point? You don't drown. That's fast. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I can do a kilometer in the pool. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. But it takes you a long time to get there. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway. Well, we have two awesome chapters of this horrible book to do. That must be an Australian definition of awesome that I am not used to. <laughs> I, I don't recall if you remember last time where I said Second Nephi was generally what killed most teenagers trying to get through the Book of Mormon. I do remember These that. last two chapters... Again, they're short, but my God, it's word salad mess. It is pretty gnarly. <laughs> to be completely fair, I don't think I actually ever read these chapters until today. <laughs> because like Mark Twain called the Book of Mormon chloroform in print. Yes. And these two chapters are the epitome of chloroform in print. Horrible. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Twain, for that tidbit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I wonder if he read it all or just kind of got through half of Second Nephi and was like, uh, yeah, fuck well, this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. I mean, Mark Twain had a lot to say about the Mormons and none of it was particularly good. We'll have to look up some of the things he said about them one day. Oh, it's a hoot to read. All right. Well, we probably should get started. Two Nephi. Chapter 32, verse 1. I'll read a few, and then you can read a few, and then we'll see what happens. Jump in anywhere you like. Please jump in because we're going to need it to get through this horse shit. I don't care what you jump in with. Okay. It just may be a random string of just saying fuck over and over again, honestly. That could work. Just fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck. Oh, and we have to get you to read in an Australian accent at some point. Jesus Christ. Okay. And if we get bored of that, we have the Wheel of Affect that we can dial up on our website. I do remember you said that. I'm willing to give it a shot. So the text you're reading, you don't have the prefaces on it? I don't know. You'll have to read that out if you've got it. Yeah, I got it right here. I, I, it's directly off the church's website. Oh, of course. I've had a little look on their website. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Reddit while I was trying to sleep. I often browse the ex-Mormon Reddit. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite places to hang out. Yeah. There was an interesting post there earlier that I read. Someone was saying that the church posted a growth in some area. I think they were talking about it. Was it that thread they were talking about? The guy was excited about getting called on his mission to Europe because that's like where they were having explosive growth. I think so. It might have been that one. And then somebody else pointed out that, yeah, they were having lots of baptism, but their activity rate was somewhere between 12 and 15%. That harkens back to those stories in Eastern Europe where they're basically just getting baptized because they want to hang out with the Americans and they don't know what's going on. Well, yeah, they actually had that going on in South America as well. They were like baseball baptisms is what they call it. <laughs> this was back in the 60s and well, the reason was is because they got all these kids together to play baseball and then they just convinced them to get baptized without teaching them. Well, let's go swimming. Right, yeah. Basically, And then they'd have these huge numbers like, oh my God, they're having explosive growth down in South America. And then it turns out that they were baptizing people without parental consent and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, one of the general authorities had to like go down there and completely shut that all down. Yeah, it was like, a pandemic. Pandemic. Basically. It was a plandemic, Jones, not a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the church likes to say all these numbers, look how big we are, blah, 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 but they don't 
show all the numbers. Like the numbers, they said like we've got something like 16 million plus members, but they don't tell you how many of those members of record actually go to church. And it ain't a lot. <laughs> and then also Mormons are like, we have 16 million people. We're like one of the fastest growing religions. Yeah, but you're still like less than 0.01% of the entire population. So who the fuck cares? Yeah. I'm sure that number's not right mathematically, but it's a really small number. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a popular religion. <laughs> There's a reason for that. It sucks. <laughs> the more you get into it, the more you realize how culty it really is. The way I look at it, every single religion started out as a cult. Every single religion was this small insular group that had their own little ceremonies and bullshit stuff, and it was really culty. If it was going to grow and continue to grow, it has to get past a cult. <laughs> it has to go through the change where they let go of all the culty shit, you know, and... It becomes a big cult. Yeah, it becomes a big cult. There's enough people who are like, ah, okay, I can accept that because they either are related to somebody in the cult or, you know, that their weird culty shit doesn't seem that weird anymore. And then they become a global religion. Because, I mean, there's some crazy ass shit in Catholicism. And, oh, you know, for sure. the way I look at Mormonism is it's right in that puberty right now. Right. That. <laughs> It came out here to Utah and became the Rocky Mountain sex cult. And it did that until the government came in in the late 1800s and said, hey, you got to cut that shit out. And then they came back a few years later and said, no, we told you to cut that shit out. And they're like, okay. So the beginning of the 1900s was them kind of reforming everything. And now they've reformed themselves to look like fine, upstanding Americans from the 1950s. Isn't that weird? They're just like fossilized in that post-atomic era. Yeah. <laughs> like fallout. <laughs> They're trying to shed the more culty stuff, but especially here in Utah, it's just baked into the culture. With the advent of the internet, kids now are finding out what's going on in the temple. Because they hop onto YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They hop into YouTube. Weird ass shit. And so the church has to change if it's going to survive. But I don't think they have it within them to be a lasting religion. I think it'll survive pretty well as a business. They're doing really good in that realm. You know, they've got approaching a trillion dollars worth of just liquid assets, never mind all the real estate and stuff like that. So they might survive like that. Maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I don't think the Mormon church is going to survive as a big or even medium player. And we're doing our bit to help that. Right. <laughs> Are we doing our bit? Because we've been recording for 44 minutes and we haven't even fucking touched the book, so. Oh, we're as content-free as the Book of Mormon, John. <laughs> yes, exactly so. All filler, no sustenance. That's us. Don't worry. I'm really good at editing. Okay. Well, there we go. Good, 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 good. Do you want to give me the intro? Chapter 32. Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. Men must pray and gain knowledge for themselves for the Holy Ghost. About 559 to 545 BC. Oh, I love the super accurate dating that they've got on that. Oh, it just makes me feel so comforted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost? That doesn't make sense. Angels speak because they want to speak. <laughs> Right? Hey, I grew up in this shit and I don't understand it, so I don't know. It's like you can say anything in the power of anything and it makes religious sense. Oh, we did this in the power of this. Yeah, because in the Mormon church, what they teach in the Sunday school class is basically every year they go over one of the standard works. One year it's the Old Testament, one year it's the New Testament, one year it's the Pearl of Great Prize, one year it's the Book of Mormon. 
They repeat that cycle every four years. It just goes through. And you look at the lessons for these chapters, and it's nothing. It's a desert. It is. It really is. I mean, <laughs> there's there's storylines and plots such as they are in the rest of the Book of Mormon. But in this stuff, it's just like, eh, yay. Listen to the Spirit. Pray. Get baptized. Okay. Yeah, I know that. So I can't wait till we actually get introduced to Moroni or uh, Mormon. Well, that's not until the end of the book. And there's a couple Moronis. Uh, oh. There's Captain Moroni, and then, if I recall correctly, there's Moroni Mormon's dad. And I think those are two different people. Oh, why do they all have the same names? There's about 50 million Nephi's and... Because Joseph Smith wasn't actually that creative. They're like, oh, this was the most wonderful book. No, it's not. Fucking, he can come up with more than like 30 different names. He just kept repeating them all over again. He couldn't get his head out of his pants. That's pretty much it. Well, actually, he did all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose it depends on what head we're talking about. But if we're talking about the one on his shoulders, his head wasn't in his pants. His head was in his hat the entire time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which, believe it or not, I didn't find out about until after I had decided I was done with the church just, you know, two years ago. Because the way we were raised is that the whole picture was Joseph was sitting there with the plates. And he either had the ermine thumb, which was like a pair of spectacles, or he was just using the power of the Holy Ghost to translate them. And that's the story. And the whole concept of Joseph Smith had his head in a hat and was looking at a stone in a hat. (laughs) My entire life was being told that that was an anti-Mormon lie. Anti-Mormon lie, anti-Mormon lie. And then I start looking into stuff and, oh, yeah, the like prophet, the actual church, started admitting to that stuff back about 2013. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they did it in such a way that they released the information, but they didn't tell any of the membership. So it's out there. So if you look for it, you'll find it out. But they have plausible deniability. Like, no, it's right there. You just weren't looking hard enough. Yeah, we just don't talk about it. It's been there forever. Yeah, exactly. Well, I knew about it. Why didn't you know about it? Yeah, stupid. That's like in 1984. I don't know if you've read that. It's been uh, many years, but yeah. The current story is portrayed like it's always been that way. Yeah, we've always been at war with Eurasia. Yep. That's right, yeah. (laughs) And then when it changes, oh, it's always been this way. And then they go and delete all the history. All right, first one. And now behold, my beloved brethren, I suppose that ye ponder, what the fuck this is about? No, ye ponder somewhat in your hearts concerning that which ye should do after ye have entered in by the way. I think there were too many prepositions in that sentence. I'm not an English teacher, but probably. I will give him kudos, though, because he has split this verse into two sentences. So I haven't quite finished, you see. That's pretty good. But behold, why do ye ponder these things in your hearts? Oh, so he's saying, I think you're pondering, but why do you ponder? (laughs) Why are you pondering? (laughs) Oh, he could have said that so much more briefly. Do ye not remember that I said unto you that after ye had received the Holy Ghost, ye could speak with the tongue of angels? 
And now, how could ye speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? He loves to take the first part and then flip it around, saying it again. But how could you do this unless it's by God? He's done that so many times. Well, I mean, everything is about God. Something good happens, it's all God. Something bad happens, it's because you didn't listen to God. But also, it's his technique of thinking, because he can't think that quickly. He's trying to work out what to say next. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. He was just like, oh, shit, I don't know. I'm just going to repeat all this stuff over and over again. Verse 3. Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, semen colon. Wherefore, they speak the words of Did Christ. you just say semen colon? Yeah. Oh. It's a thing we've been doing on the pod for a long time. It all started with Brother Mark. He came up with it and we've been saying it ever since. All right. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm down with it. Sounds good. We tried to have him on again. I think he was going to be on the Roast of Brigham Young episode that we did. And unfortunately, he couldn't make it because of technical problems. But he would have been fun. Oh, where did I get up to? That's right. Semen colon. Semen colon. In the first line. <laughs> There, yep. Wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ. For behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what ye should do. All right, Jones, go for it. Read some of this stupid book. Okay, if I have to. All right. <laughs> Wherefore, now after I have spoken the words, if ye cannot understand them, it will because ye ask not, neither do ye knock. Wherefore, ye are not brought unto the light, but must perish. So it's your fault if you don't understand it because you're not asking good enough. Yeah, because remember from last chapter, the words of Nephi are plain. He's speaking plainly. Simple and plain, simple and plain. He's so plain. Oh, Plain, pain in my fucking ass with you. <laughs> That's right. Okay, verse five. For behold, again, I say unto you that if ye will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what ye should do. Liar. In verse three, you feel upon the words of Christ. The words of Christ will tell you what to do. But in verse five, it's the Holy Ghost that will tell you what you should do. So which one is it? Is it the words of Christ or is it the Holy Ghost? Joseph Smith doesn't care. At the moment he was saying this, he's thinking about who he's going to bang next. Mouse! <laughs> come here. Come here. He's barking. Oh, I want to see your big dog. Boy, come here. Sorry. Your dog is massive. My daughter has come downstairs to rescue us from Mr. Loud. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay. What were we talking about? Ah, uh, fuck it. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, yeah, it really doesn't. <laughs> Verse six. Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. In the raw? <laughs> and when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall ye observe to do. Oh, if he's in the raw, we won't be just looking at the things he says. We're going to be watching him in his pure, gory, roary beauty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, verse seven. And now I... Nephi, cannot say more? Oh, I bet you can, Nephi. You can just keep saying more and more and more because you're so verbose. But he's not saying more and more. He's saying the same three things over and over and over and over and over. So he actually is being truthful there. He really cannot say more. Yeah, I am unable to actually get any more information out of my goddamn mouth. So I'm just going <laughs> to say right. it a different way. And, make, and hopefully you will think that I'm really deep and spiritual. The spirit stoppeth mine utterance. Oh, please, God. <laughs> and I am left to mourn because of the unbelief 
and the wickedness and the ignorance and the stiff nakedness of men, for they will not search knowledge nor understand great knowledge. Oh, you're talking about the internet. When it is given unto them in plainness, there it is again, even as plain as a word can be. Oh, so plain. <laughs> and now, my beloved brethren, I perceive that ye ponder still in your hearts, and it grieveth me that I must speak concerning this thing. For if ye would hearken unto the Spirit which teacheth a man to pray, ye would know that ye must pray. For the evil spirit teacheth not a man to pray, but teacheth him that he must not pray. He's doing that whole inverted thing again. Like he'll say uh -huh. it one way uh -huh. and then say for this, blah, 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 again. Yep, <sighs> yep. We're taught growing up as Mormons that the scriptures are eloquent, deep, and meaningful. And the more you read them, the more you'll find out. But just looking at these words, there's nothing here. <laughs> One or two ideas said 87 different ways. <laughs> Second Nephi is the worst. Oh my God, it's so horrible. <laughs> I feel a meme coming on. Last verse of chapter 32, and then I need to go to the toilet. But behold, I say unto you that ye must pray always. Ah, oh, so I can't do anything else. I have to be praying always, Jones. Mm -hmm. Right, because the evil spirit teaches you not to pray, so you have to pray always. And if I'm praying always, how will I do anything else? Yeah. You have a prayer in your heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> and not faint, semen colon, that ye must not perform anything unto the Lord, save in the first place ye shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ. Oh, that's why some Mormons pray before having sex, right? Or pray during having sex? Is that a thing? I, I think I heard that. I've heard of it. That's wacky. Again, it's like there's no consistent doctrine on a lot of stuff. So it all depends on like what your parents and what the bishop tell you. And they're not going to talk to you about sex. <laughs> well, Christ, no. But like young Mormons, before they get married, they have to go and have a bishop's interview and the bishop tells them about not particulars unless you got a really dirty bishop. And <laughs> That's probably a few. <laughs> In other religions, the clergy goes through training and they go through years of training. Well, Mormons don't do any of that shit. Basically, they call just any random dude from the congregation to be the bishop. So depending on how he was raised, depending on how he interprets, he may very well tell you that sex is sacred and you must open up any marital relationships with a prayer. And, you know, and another one might just say, you know what, you do whatever you want. So there's mixed messages. People get different messages. It's what we call Bishop Roulette. Oh, Bishop Roulette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bis bishop roulette or leadership roulette. And that's when your experience with your local leadership will vary wildly from somebody else's just because they're all different. Nothing is standardized and it's annoying as hell. And it ends up in dogma roulette then. Yes, exactly. That must be very confusing, actually. It really can. Are we going to get through this chapter? Uh, I I'll don't finish this first. Uh, all, right. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> so we got to, uh, shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ that he will consecrate thy performance unto thee. Dear, we have to pray to God so that our performance is consecrated before God. 
<laughs> Honey, I can't perform unless we pray to Jesus. We're going to consecrate our performance. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That thy performance, this is the way performance again, that thy performance may be for the welfare of thy soul. Ah, oh, so much for the welfare of thy soul. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry, dear. I'm sorry I couldn't get it up. We didn't say a prayer before we got down and dirty. Oh. All right. After the lay. See you soon. <laughs> I prayed beforehand, and uh, so my urination was consecrated before God. So I didn't need to wash my hands because I was consecrated, but I did wash my hands anyway, so. Hey, you're like Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he did it anyways. (laughs) You're emulating Jesus right now. I'm double dipping. Uh, (laughs) Ew, gross. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Well, it could mean so many things. Yeah. It could. All right. So is there a blurb before chapter 33 in the good book? I don't know, because this is not a good book. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That's a truth bomb. I just blew your minds. <gasps> All, right. <laughs> All right. Yes, there is a blurb before chapter 33. Nephi's words are true. Oh, are they? They testify of Christ. <laughs> Those who believe in Christ will believe Nephi's words, which will stand as a witness before the judgment bar. His words will stand as a witness. I think it might be something else. (laughs) About 559 to 545 BC. I feel like he said that last time. Well, he wrote all these down, like, at the same time. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right. Go for it. And now I, Nephi, cannot write all the things which were taught among my people. Neither am I mighty in writing, like unto speaking. For when a man speaketh by the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost carrieth it unto the hearts of the children of men. Oh my God. That was one whole sentence with the semen calling there. (laughs) You know what? He says he's not mighty in writing. He's totally mighty in writing. That's all he does. He just waffles on. (laughs) Well, I suppose it depends on your definition of mighty. All right. Mighty tiring. It's mighty tiresome. <laughs> yes. It's mighty. I wish we got through this a lot quicker. Just shut the fuck up, Nephi. But behold, there are many that harden their hearts against the Holy Spirit, that it hath no place in them. Wherefore, they cast many things away which are written and esteem them as things of naught. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's nice. Cool. But I, Nephi, have written what I have written. I wonder if you took out like all the words that are duplicated in the verses, would the Book of Mormon be like 30 or 40% shorter? Because, okay, here in like verse one, he says Holy Ghost by two times and then he's just the same fucking words, the same fucking phrases over and over. I don't know. Maybe later I'll run a search and replace over this and just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, just replace it with ditto. Just every, every time a phrase is repeated, just ditto. For Holy Ghost, I'll just put an emoji there of the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, verse three. Power through this bullshit. But I, Nephi, have written what I have written, and I esteem it as of great worth, oh, and especially God. unto my people. For I pray continually for them by day, and my eyes water my pillow at night, and I cry unto my God in faith, and I know that he will hear my cry. 
guy. Oh, he has a pillow, does he? I wonder if pillows were invented by now. And I think he's trying to excuse the fact that he actually drools at night. That's not really crying on his pillow. <laughs> I probably have tried to use that excuse. Why is your pillow all wet? I actually blame it on the dog. Most of the time. It's not me. I wasn't drooling. Everybody drools, James. Yeah, they do. But like, <laughs> like ancient pillows used to be like just headrests. So I wonder. Right. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen like Egyptian pillows? They're basically a kickstand for your head. A kickstand. <laughs> yes. Made out of wood. And it's a cradle that you put your head in. And they were mostly so bugs wouldn't crawl up into your hair and your ears. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know the pillows they have in Japan are quite solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only experience I have with other kinds of pillows. The the only other country I've ever been to is, well, no, I guess there's two. I've been to Mexico and Canada. They sound like cool countries. Nothing wrong with that. Eh. Well, yeah, Mexico is pretty cool. Canada is just a nicer version of America for the most part. (laughs) I say America to refer to the U.S. We're not America. We're the United States of America, but the whole continent is America. But for some reason, us U.S. folks always say we're American. Discount everybody else. Yeah, you're the default country for America. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there are a lot of default cunts in this country, so. Yes. It wouldn't be one of our episodes without the C word. We've got to use it. And we're not talking Christ. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Verse four. And I know that the Lord God will consecrate. There we go. He's consecrating again. My prayers for the gain of my people. How do you consecrate a prayer? What does that even mean? Like consecrate means set apart, doesn't it? Like to make something holy. Or to like dedicate. You can't just take something and then use it on any other object or noun. It doesn't work. You can't just consecrate a prayer. It's already a hotline to God. What's the difference? Like, well, you know, Mormons do shit like that all the time. Okay. So Mormons, we say prayers over our food. What we say is, bless this food that I may strengthen and nourish our bodies. And it doesn't matter what the meal is. It could be the cheapest fucking pizza, or it could be ding-dongs or donuts or something like this. And somehow we are consecrating these donuts to be for our strength and nourishment. And it's not going to happen. I remember when I was a Christian, there were stories floating around about a full gospel businessman's breakfast, which was a group of Christian businessmen and they got together and had breakfast every so often. Anyway, the ones that said grace over their food didn't get food poisoning and then the ones that didn't did get food poisoning. So that proves that God protected them, basically consecrating their food. Right, yeah. And that's a lovely story, but... <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> they could tell you all sorts of stories in church. It's not like you're going to check up on it. You're not going to do an in-depth study and actually interview all the people. There's no way to check up on it. It's just like urban legends. But once again, that's consecrating food. It's not consecrating the actual prayer. Here it says, And I know that the Lord God will consecrate my prayers for the gain of my... It doesn't mean anything. No, but again, it's just keeping with everything (laughs) that Joseph Smith said. Yeah, true. That's right. All it means is I'm horny. That's all it means. That's the whole Book of Mormon. Man, I wish she just said that. Wouldn't have to read this bullshit. Yeah, I'm horny. The end. <laughs> all right. And the words which I have written in weakness, oh, Smitty, you were so weak, will be made 
strong. Undo them. <laughs> Semen colon. For it persuadeth them to do good. Semen colon again. It maketh known unto them of their fathers. Semen colon. <laughs> and it speaketh of Jesus. Comma. And persuadeth them to believe in him. Comma. And to endure to the end. Which is life eternal. Oh my god, I just can't. And it speaketh harshly against sin, according to the plainness of the truth. Wherefore, no man will be angry at the words which I have written, save he shall be of the spirit of the devil. Well, Jones, I must be of the spirit of the devil because I am enraged at the words he has written. I am incensed. <laughs> yep. But that's not his fault. That's your fault. <laughs> that's right. He doesn't exist. Mm, well, okay, yes. That's definitely part of it. Uh, this just makes me want to burn a Book of Mormon. I have got to find one in an op shop somewhere just so that I can burn it. Just find a missionary. They'll give you one for free. I'm pretty sure Paul gave me one back in the day. All right, verse six. I glory in plainness. Yeah, we get it. I glory in truth. I glory in whole. No. I glory in my Jesus, for he hath redeemed my soul from hell. Has he? He's not going to be born for another 600 years. <laughs> he hasn't done shit yet. That's right. I have charity for my people and great faith in Christ that I shall meet many souls spotless at the judgment seat. Okay, good for you. <laughs> yeah, verse 8, I have charity for the Jew. I say Jew because I mean them from whence I came. Ah, uh, he says Jew like he's not actually a Jew. <laughs> Is he a Jew? Okay, so these people came out of Israel in 600 BC, and yet in this book, they don't talk about any Jewish traditions at all. There's not any of the holidays, any of the laws of Moses. Why did they just suddenly like, eh, we're Jew, but we don't have to do any of that Jew shit anymore? I don't think I've ever thought about that they're not following any of the festivals and holidays. And try and point that out to the average Mormon. Then they're just be like, oh, well, they didn't have to follow the laws or they're going to come up with some bullshit. Being Jewish, as I understand it, following the laws and the traditions and everything was extremely important. So how is it that your average Mormon can't see that it's a glaring absence from the Book of Mormon that none of that stuff is mentioned. Even if there were cultural Jews that it wasn't important to, they still would have followed some of these things because it made their society tick. Yeah, exactly. Well, not only that, but in this chapter, it's only been like 40, 50 years since they left. So it's not like it's been that long of a time for them to just completely chuck it right out the window. Right. Yeah, they would definitely want to follow some of the feasts because they were good shindigs to get together and eat on. Sure, exactly. Tradition is important just to chill and to, like, do something that's comfortable. <laughs> All right, verse 9. I also have charity for the Gentile. But behold, for none of these can I hope except they shall be reconciled unto Christ and enter into the narrow gate and walk in the straight path which leads to life and continue in the path until the end of the day of probation. <sighs> so boring. And now, my beloved brethren, and also Jew, okay, and all ye ends of the earth, hearken unto these words and believe in Christ. And if ye believe not in these words, believe in Christ, we get it. And if ye shall believe in Christ, ye will believe oh in these words. He's just flipped it around again and said the same thing again. Ditto, 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 ditto. For they are the words of Christ. Oh, you're kidding me. 
and he hath given them unto me. Oh, is that the case, Smitty? And they teach all men that they should do good. Oh, he's really getting simple now. He's getting horny, Jones. He can't think of anything else. It's building up. He's getting all turgid in his pants. Oh, God, that's a visual <laughs> image I do not need. Christ almighty. That's why he had the hat in his lap the whole fucking time. It's his dick in a hat. <laughs> yeah, he probably had a hole cut in the bottom of the hat. He's like, oh. Yeah, that's, that's a horrible. Oh, my God. I'm going to vomit. Verse 11. And if they are not the words of Christ, judge ye, for Christ will show unto you his what? Will show unto you with power and great glory that they are his words. Oh, just his words. Okay. At the last day. And you and I shall stand face to face before his bar. (laughs) (laughs) He'd like us to stand before his bar. No! (laughs) Put it away. And ye shall know that I have been commanded of him to write these things, notwithstanding my weakness. Oh, Nephi, you're so weak. (laughs) Very weak. Weak and simple and plain. Lame. Verse 12, And I pray the Father in the name of Christ that many of us may be saved in his kingdom at that great and last day. All right, Jones, last three verses. Take us home. Oh, God, let's get this shit done with. All right, verse 13. (laughs) In an Australian accent. I was hoping you'd forget about that. All right, just verse 13. I I told you that I worked backstage, right? I didn't do any of this acting shit. (laughs) God, I might. (laughs) I have to to channel Steve Irwin and Crocodile Dundee. Look at this little beauty. Crikey. Maybe I just have to say crikey like five times. Like do yeah, whatever gets you in the mood. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, 13. And now, my beloved brethren, all those, see, it sucks already. It, it already sucks. sucks. Uh, <laughs> nah, fuck me. And now, my, nah, see, okay. <sighs> fuck me. Right. Whenever you stuff up, just swear and it'll sound instantly Australian. Oh, you bloody cock. No, that's, no, that was. <laughs> you bloody cocksucker. Yeah, that was more like a cockney accent. Well, if you get to Cockney, you're almost there. And now, my beloved brother and all those who are... uh, Oh, my God, this is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Who are of the house of Israel and all ye ends of the earth, I speak unto you as the voice of one crying from the dust. Farewell, until that great day shall come. Crikey! Oh, the monkey has danced and he is done. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, 14. And you will not partake of the goodness of God and respect the words of the Jews and also my words and the words which shall proceed forth out of the mouth of the Lamb of God. Behold, I bid you an everlasting farewell for these words shall condemn you in the last day. You got to wonder what they were thinking when he was saying there that words would come out of a lamb. They had no concept of what a lamb of God was at that point. What the fuck? It's just shit that Joseph Smith pulled out of the fucking Bible and he's just shitting it out and putting it together and repeating it over and over again. Oh my God, we got one more verse. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. All right. Do it, do it. Verse 15. For what I seal on earth shall be brought against you at the judgment bar. For thus hath the Lord commanded me, and I must obey. Amen. 
Amen. And with that, we are done with Second Nephi. Yay! Oh, oh God. my God. Second Nephi was just such a drag. Oh. I don't know if I could say it's the worst book in the Book of Mormon because they're all pretty shitty, but <laughs> it's definitely up there. Thank you so much for helping me get past the last few chapters of this horseshit. And I'm pretty excited to start something new, even if it's going to be just a shit, just because there's a small hope that there's something new there. Well, if I recall, let's see, Jacob's next. Is Jacob where the guy denies God and then he gets struck dumb and get run over by a chariot? Oh, that sounds exciting. Does someone die? That sounds awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's some blood and gore. Just like in the first book where he chopped off that guy's head and then jumped into his clothes. Right, yeah, and miraculously nobody noticed that. He was <laughs> fucking soaked in blood. The other story about that is, like, God says it's better that one man die than an entire nation dwindle in unbelief. So this guy has to die so that the Nephites don't dwindle in unbelief. Guess what? They fucking did it anyways. So Laban got his goddamn head chopped off for nothing. They still fucking dwindled in unbelief. <sighs> Well, I will let you get back to your family now. Thank you so much for helping me hey, out no, this evening. No problem. I hope to talk to you again soon. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It's been fun. Thanks, Jones. Catch you later. All right. Bye-bye.